I think drive-thrus are sensational. A good story takes us on a journey. It reminds us of where we've been and shows us where we could go. A good story makes us feel and inspires us to act. Welcome to the Good Story Podcast, where everyday stories that make you laugh, cry, or feel slightly uncomfortable will leave you inspired as Kirsten King tells true stories and teaches truth. drive throughs might just be one of the best inventions ever, if you ask me. They serve a critical role in our everyday lives. By definition, drive throughs are any business that offers us the opportunity to purchase their product or service without getting out of our car. It must be noted, apparently, because I kept coming across this fact multiple times, the correct spelling is drive, T-H-R-O-U-G-H, drive through. The more common T-H-R-U, I found, was referenced as the sensational spelling. Just so you know, when I'm saying drive through I am definitely using the sensational spelling because, frankly, I think they are sensational. I love drive throughs because they're usually faster than going in. You can keep listening to your song or the game or a news report or whatever while you wait for your stuff. And they generally require an abbreviated interaction with people. When did drive through start? What kind of establishments offer drive through service? These are questions I started thinking about, and so I began my research. I'm not going to be able to share all of it with you, but I am definitely going to hit some of the high points. The origination of the drive through restaurant seems to be debated. Here's what I found out. Michael Carl Witzel, who's an author who writes about Americana and cars and roadside stuff, he said that drive through windows were first tested as far back as 1931 by the Texas pig stand chain. It didn't seem to be an operational thing, though, from what I could tell. I also found out that there were a couple other restaurants that said they were the ones who invented the first drive through service, including Made Right and Jack in the Box. Just briefly, Made Right which was based in Iowa, started out as just merely a walk-up restaurant where you'd walk up to order your food, take it, and then sit right there somewhere outside or go back home. Then a second Made Right restaurant was opened up that offered car hop service where the wait staff would come to your window to order. So more like the drive-in and less like the drive-through. Sorry, Made Right. <laughs> Some say Jack in the Box invented the modern-day drive-through, and here's why: because in 1951 they invented the two-way intercom system that allowed you to order from your car, speeding up the whole process. No longer did you have to drive to the window to order and then wait; you could jumpstart the process by ordering first. People didn't get it at first, though. So the restaurants housed the intercom speaker in the iconic jack-in-the-box clown, then put a sign up above that said, pull forward, Jack will speak to you. <laughs> and so that's the way they did that. There are other restaurants making other claims, but that's not our main point today, so I have to press on. If you see me, you could ask, though. Otherwise, I might just save it. When we host, it's a good story kind of day. Here's what I think after reading about all the other claims. I'm going to go with Michael Wallace, who wrote the book, Route 66, The Mother Road. <laughs> in it, he said that Red's Giant Hamburg in Springfield, Missouri, was home to the world's first drive through window. 
The restaurant originally was part of a trio of a gas station, a motorhome, and a restaurant. But the couple who owned all of them, Red and his wife, they decided it made best financial sense to ditch the other two, ditch the gas station and the motorhome, and instead, motorhome park, and instead concentrate on the restaurant. And since they already owned a small herd of beef cattle and would continue to raise their own beef, they thought this would be most cost effective. They served hamburgers made from their own beef, too, until they closed their business. This, Red's Giant Hamburg, not only became a fixture along Route 66 with its iconic sign, it also brought us the first drive-through window service, which was in 1945. So, thank you, Red. Before I move on, I did want to share three more fun facts I found out while researching McDonald's drive-thrus. The first McDonald's drive-thru was created in 1975, so 30 years after Red. It was recreated in 1975, and it was created near a military base in Sierra Vista, Arizona. They made it to serve military members who weren't permitted to get out of their cars off post while they were wearing their fatigues. Uh, that was kind of cool. Here's the other thing. In the U.S., drive throughs account for 70% of McDonald's business. 70% is drive through orders. And the average drive through wait time is three and a half minutes. Since I've been reading that, I start timing. It gives me one more thing to do. Third, in Spain and Russia, McDonald's drive through services are often called McAuto. That's, and one more, just one more. Okay. <laughs> McDonald's, they opened a ski through, like not drive through, but a ski through. They called it McSki. They opened that at a ski resort in Sweden in 1996, but I can't remember the name of the town. But there you go. But restaurants, we know, aren't the only place you can receive drive through service, are they? In fact, I think once you start thinking about it, you're going to be surprised how often you see it available. I know I was when I started taking note of when and where drive through was an option. Here's what I found, and I am 100% certain that I've missed something. We can drive through banks, credit unions, kind of same thing, but not really. You can either utilize an ATM, automated teller machine, or you can drive through and interact with a live teller. I have made notable mistakes while doing both. Season one, episode 12. Season two, episode 14 attest to this. We can drive through car washes. Do you remember the first time you did that? when you drove it through. I remember as a kid watching my dad, he would drive up, we would get out of the car and then we would go stand and watch at some big window as the car would go by and all these things would wash it and people would dry and do other things to it too. And then we had these drive-through car washes where you drove it yourself. Um, I remember the first time I did this, I hadn't had my license terribly long and I couldn't even imagine how I was expected to line up my parents' big Buick with what seemed like really narrow lines. In fact, the first time I tried, this is kind of embarrassing, but I ended up hopping out of the car while the car wash attendant did it for me. Then I hopped back in it for the ride, well, for the sit, because when I got back in, I noticed he had accidentally left the gear shift in the neutral position. So I didn't want to roll forward like uncontrolled. So I threw it in drive until I understood he's frantically, he's like waving and directing me to unroll my window. And I'm like, I don't want to unroll my window, but I didn't know what else to do because he kept doing it. So finally I did unroll my window, at which time he said, you have to keep the car neutral. So whoops, living and learning. Didn't do that again. I did once, but by accident. Uh, right before I rolled my window up, 
I also, just so you know, leaned way out of my window, looked at all the cars that had been lining up behind me, waved, yelled, sorry, first time at a drive through car wash. Nobody smiled, nobody waved. I'm also pretty sure nobody was enlightened by my statement. We can drive through where else? Through post offices and toss our mail in those mailboxes that like lean toward our car, wanting to help us out. We can drive through grocery stores, right? Order online and drive through, pick up your stuff. We can drive through pharmacies. Just last December, my husband and I had the opportunity to drive through a pharmacy on four separate occasions before we got a single prescription filled. Well, sorry, not ready. Sorry. It's too long of a story, though, to go into here. Maybe I'll add it to my podcast story ideas and tell it later. Yep. And we know absolutely we can definitely drive through restaurants and coffee shops, right? And we can learn biblical lessons in the drive through as well. I know I did. A couple of months ago, when there was still snow on the ground, I went to a not usually frequented location of my favorite chain coffee shop, Caribou. I was on my way driving out of town and I really wanted a coffee for the road. Even in the winter, my drink of choice is almost always an iced crafted press, please, with no additional flavor. I actually looked up on the website to see how they described this taste treat. Here's how they described it at caribucoffee.com. Crafted Press is handcrafted with cold-pressed coffee, which Caribou Coffee has always steeped to perfection for at least 12 hours. No wonder it's so good, right? Perfection. It's blended without ice with just the right combination of real cream and sugar. They also use a tiny little salt, I think. Then ice is poured over the secret blend to maintain the frothy top, creating a smooth, delicious, low-calorie drink. A medium Crafted Press has only 100 calories. The Crafted Press drink is also available with a splash of vanilla, chocolate, or caramel and can be customized with any other favorite flavor. Yes, please, right? Kenny adds vanilla to his drink. Me, just plain. Why ice drinks in the winter, you might ask? Because here's the deal. It stays colder longer than my hot drinks stay hot. And I don't love a lukewarm anything kind of coffee. So there's that. Back to the drive-thru. I had to wait a little bit to get to the order box, but not too long. This is truly just another really quick aside. A different time when I was at a different coffee, at a different caribou, I was waiting in line. I was at the order box, and I see this sweet couple standing like right next to right next to the box, facing the my window, facing the car, and peering in. I was like, what? What is going on? This seems so odd. But And they looked kind of confused as they were standing there. And I was like a little bit startled at first, but I unrolled my window anyway, and I ordered. And then I continued to watch them. They continued to peer in, and they continued to look confused, which then I interpreted as, I'm now going to get involved in this situation, but I probably don't need to, right? So I asked them, do you need help? And they responded, help? I'm like, oh, yeah. Do you need something? I didn't want to say, I'm actually just wondering why you're standing by the drive through order board, peering into people's cars because it seems odd and kind of like crazy. So I just said, do you need something? And they said, we meet at the main entrance. 
I now realized they did not speak English and that they were doing their best to interpret the instructions someone else had given them. They surveyed the situation, they looked at this caribou, and they decided the main entrance must be the place where most of the cars were showing up and stopping, which was the drive-through order board, which was kind, kind of precious. I said, wait a second, and I drive, drove forward, I grabbed my drink, parked my car, then I walked over to them to escort them to the real main entrance. But by the time I got there, their waiting party was walking toward them to do the same thing. And he looked at me and asked, can I help you? I was like, no, 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 no. I was just going to do the same thing you were. So, and I walked away. I'm sure he's thinking, no, you weren't. You don't even know these people. But anyway, back here. Now, there was no couple standing at this order board. It was just me. It was me and my little Fiat getting ready to order. So I order my ice crafted press, no flavor, please. And I inch forward as I roll my window back up. I rolled it back up because it was cold and blustery sort of day. I got to the window and I checked out the trivia question. For those of you unfamiliar with Caribou Coffee, every day they have a new trivia question posted. And if you get it right, you can get 10 cents off your order. So if you go there enough times, the 10 cents adds up, right? <laughs> and besides, if it's tricky and you guess right or you know it, you feel like you're going to have an overall pretty smart day. I can't remember what the question was, but I do remember I got it right. And I do remember it was a windy day. I knew I got it right because I had the exact amount ready to go if I got the question correct. So I handed my money over to the window barista when I was told my total. I handed him the change first, and then when I went to hand him the dollar bills, one of them didn't quite make the exchange and it started to blow away. I was parked rather close to the window and my two-door Fiat actually swings out rather wide. The driver's door springs out real wide and I didn't want to hit my door. So I kind of squeezed out of my spot, chased it, chased down my dollar, and then I handed it up to the man. I noticed while I was picking up the dollar that there were a couple pennies laying stranded on the ground. And I decided to add to my overall pretty smart day and determined to follow through with a find a penny, pick it up, and all day long you'll have good luck principle. Well, I don't really believe this, I will say, I always pick up pennies if I see them on the ground. Because when you are at that place and you hear 501, please, and you have that penny with you, it's money. Literally, it's money. So I prop my door open, balancing it carefully so it wouldn't hit the brick wall. I leaned over and I started to try to extricate a penny from the frozen ground. I got one out without too much trouble and then I saw a second one. It was really in there. I started digging around it, focused and fixated on this dirty little coin. I heard someone in the distance saying something to someone, but I ignored them and I kept on digging. I got dirt under my nails in one hand and dirt on my palm on the other as I was leaning out of the car, balancing the door open with my head held in by my seatbelt. I dug and I dug and I dug and that stubborn penny stayed stuck. I heard someone talking again and I assumed I was overhearing people ordering at the board behind me. And then I popped it out. I was so excited. I came up about halfway to get back into my car. And just as I was about to sit in, I saw a nickel. <laughs> Dang it. So I went back down again. And as I started digging, I now this time clearly heard someone speak. And I realized finally they were talking to me. Hey, lady, I have your drink ready. And I've been trying to give it to you. Did you lose something or something? I sat up. I received my large cup of my wonderful taste treat with my filthy hands and I answered him, nope, I just saw a nickel, thanks. And I drove away. <laughs> I wasn't even out of the parking lot and I thought, 
oh man, I think I do this sort of thing on a daily basis, don't I, Lord? You want to hand me your blessings and show me your surpassing greatness while well, I am intent and concentrated, digging in the dirt and focusing on the minutiae. Paul addressed this tendency we have to focus on the wrong thing in Philippians chapter 3. We read, starting at verse 1, Further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It's no trouble for me to write the same thing to you again, and it's a safeguard for you. Watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh. For it's we who are the circumcision, we who serve God by His Spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus, and who put no confidence in the flesh. Though I myself have reason for such confidence. If someone else thinks they have reason to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law, a Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on the law, faultless. Let me explain. There was a group of people that were equating following the one true God, worshiping the one true God with a to-do list. They were insisting that in order to follow Christ, you needed to be circumcised as they were when they would follow the law. These people, Paul called dogs, evil doulers, mutilators of the flesh. And he went on and said, hey, we're the ones with circumcised hearts. We're the circumcision. We are the ones, the, the people who serve God by his spirit. We're boasting in Christ Jesus. We're not putting confidence in the flesh in what we're doing. They, on the other hand, were. Their list included things like circumcision, following the law like a boss, or at least like a Pharisee. They would focus on the minutiae, and they ignored the giver of the law and the fulfiller of the law, Jesus Christ. There were blessings waiting for them if they would just switch their focus, look up, and receive them. Paul understood this. He explained, we can't focus on what we do. We can't look at what we've done or not done and decided that that's what makes us righteous. He said, if we could, honestly, I'd probably be able to do so. And then he listed his reasons why. He said, I was circumcised on the eighth day, just like I was supposed to be. He said he was of the people of Israel, born into this, not bought in, not grafted in. He said he was of the tribe of Benjamin. He was a Hebrew of Hebrews, which meant both of his parents were Hebrews. He goes on, with regard to the law, I was a Pharisee. I was the well-respected guy. Paul understood the heart and focus of the Pharisee because he was one. In fact, his zeal went so deep that he even started to persecute the church. When people started to turn away from what Pharisees were saying and started to follow Jesus Christ, he was part of those who were persecuting that. He said with regard to legalistic righteousness, which meant obeying the law and all the little invented and extra laws the Pharisees did, he was faultless. Those who thought highly of such things would have been super impressed with Paul. They would have found them shiny and worth digging in the dirt for. Paul, however, saw it differently. He went on to say, But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ. 
Yes, to know the power of His resurrection and participation in His sufferings, becoming like Him in His death. Paul says, I used to be focused on this other stuff. I used to count them in my plus column. I used to think they were to my advantage and profit. All of these earthly measurable things. I used to think highly of myself, Paul says. Now, though, he says, I see more clearly. Now, what I used to think was gain, I count as loss. I think of it as rubbish, garbage, trash, junk compared to Christ. Now I realize, Paul is saying, righteousness comes only from Christ and is for his glory, not our own. Life, all of life, comes from God and is meant for God. The exact right way to live is to place our faith in Christ and to seek to know him more, even to the point of knowing what it's like to suffer as he did, if that's how God would have it. How did Christ suffer? He suffered in obedience to God, and he suffered relying on God. What a great reminder to us. We can and we should stop focusing on less than what God has intended for us. We can focus on the little shiny things of this world, or our own gifts, or lack thereof. We can do like what I did, dig in the dirt for pennies, off balance, uncomfortable, and filthy, or we can stop Listen to a voice. Listen to the voice of our Heavenly Father who says, looking for something? I know you are. I created you that way. And it's me. And it's the blessings I have for you. My presence, my gifts, and my grace. Enjoy me. Enjoy me.